The Old Testament reading is from the prophet Isaiah, the 35th chapter, starting at the 4th verse. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from James, the second chapter, starting at the first verse. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in your Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes to you in your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, why you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. And then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon 
through to the Sea of Galilee, in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, in today's world, there are people out there that call themselves influencers. People who get behind certain products, certain services, certain ways of life, and they use their celebrity status, their connections, how many friends they have on Facebook to influence the rest of, of the people around them. And their influence can be good at times, can also be very wrong at times. As we find in the world, we need to judge everything and compare it to God's word. But influence is something that is continually bartered in our world. That influence that comes by being an elected official, that influence that comes from being an observer of the law or a keeper of the law. Uh, so you and I, we are also influencers in a way by our actions. And our epistle today from James has us looking at our actions, has us looking at the influence that we are to other people around us, and to understand better that we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in this world where no one sees us, but rather we live in glass houses. We live in a world where everybody sees us, I mean, they even see us much more than we ever thought now. You know, you Google yourself and you find out all this stuff about yourself that you didn't even know yourself. <laughs> you know, it's truly amazing some of the things that we think that are hidden but are not. Even this day, as I see all of you, your faces are partially hidden by a mask but yet I know you because I recognize the other parts of you that are sticking outside of that mask. But you and I, we are influencers of one another. And God would have us realize that that influence can be used according to his ways. The law of God tells us what is good what is righteous. The, the will of God is demonstrated in his laws to us. You shall have no other gods. 
So if we have another God somewhere, take that God and throw him away. Because our God, the God of the Bible, is the true God. You know, if we find ourselves using God's name in an unpleasant or unsavory way, then we should wash out our mouth with our own soap and cleanse our thoughts and minds to use God's name properly. You see how it works here. God's law helps keep us in line. But boy, aren't we a rebellious bunch. None of us like to be kept in line. The other night, I went to a new place out in Evans and thought, well, I would just, I'd go late so I'd miss the crowd so I could go through the drive-in. Well, that didn't work so well. The line was twice around the building. Needless to say, I did not go there. But you see the influence that we could have, the type of things that we do, is apparent to those around us. When I drove through that parking lot of that restaurant and didn't stay, that said something. Now, whether anybody paid attention to it, that's another matter, but it did say something. You and I were not supposed to judge one another by the things that we have. But yet we many times do. You know, if someone in fine clothing comes in, we'll take good care to make sure that they're seated and they're in the right place, that we pay attention and respect to them. But if a poor person comes in, someone who smells, someone who hasn't shaved, would we do the same? The question before us is not, well, what would be best, but what does God's law demand of us? How are we going to react to those things? And it's difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult because we have our own way of doing things. And by golly, sometimes God disrupts our way. We have our own plans, our own ways of doing things. And it's hard to adjust when someone comes along and does them differently. We have a hard time with change, don't we? I mean, there are all those jokes out there about how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb. And then the question is, change? Really? You see, you and I, we have a hard time with God's word correcting us and helping us to do what is good and right. The law ends up pricking us, hurting us, because we can't live up to its perfection. We can't live up to God's demands under the law. And yet, God keeps his law. God wants us to keep his law. But we don't keep the law for salvation's sake. We keep the law because God wants us to. And as God's children, God's people, we want what our Heavenly Father wants. Even though at times we might put up a feeble effort to say no, God, yet God's will will have its way. 
So many times, you and I, we get into this, well, there's no other way to put it other than beating ourselves up with God's law. We feel really bad about something we did, and we can't let it go. And that accusation just stays there. And you know, like the old Jaws thing, right? That kind of law law just wants to chew us up and spit us out. That accusation of God's law that says, you know, you didn't live up to my standard. Our good buddy James here in front of us says whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become accountable for it all. So we don't get to get away with little things. Just because we have the big things in mind doesn't mean that we're let off the hook. If we are dealing with God's law, God's law demands perfection. It demands for us to do the things that God has said for us to do. But that is hard, isn't it? So very hard for us to have a good attitude about everything that we're doing. It's hard for us to adjust, to let God be the one in control instead of thinking we are. It's hard for us to remember that all the things that we do point back at our God, good or bad. It's hard for us to live with that responsibility, isn't it? But it's there nonetheless. And you might say, Pastor, you've been hitting on us pretty hard this morning. And yeah, I have. But that's because God's word is that pointed about sin. God does not like sin. He does not want his children to sin. And yet... He still loves us. So often, you and I, we get so carried away with accusing ourselves with the law that we forget that God gave us the law out of love. Out of love because he knew that if he didn't set boundaries, everything would go to hell in a handbasket. But God set boundaries by delivering his law. And he knows we can't live up to it. But that doesn't make him one who hates us. He just doesn't like what we do with what he has given. Back in the 80s, when I was high school, college age, a song came out that said, I want to know what love is. A real searching song by a group named Foreigner, because love is so foreign, I guess. But yet, we want to know what love is, too. And that love for you and I, while we see it in the law, can't do anything for us in the law. But God, by faith, 
has delivered love to us to show everybody in this world what love is. Love is sending your own son to hang on the cross for the dirty sins of everyone in the world for all time. That is what love is. You want to know what our God is about? You look to the cross. You look to him who bore the cost of our rule-breaking, the one who out of love and obedience endured the cross and its shame. There we see what love is. It's foreign to our minds for certain, but it's real nonetheless. And by faith given to us, we trust in that love, that love nailed to a cross in the body of Jesus. And so now, saved by that Jesus on the cross, given life, given salvation, forgiveness of our sins, empowered and enlisted by the Holy Spirit, now we go about living out our days as people who live in glass houses who don't worry about going into stone-throwing areas. We live as God's people, knowing that we mess up, doing the best we can to keep God's law, but yet relying on his son and his atonement on the cross for us. So you and I today, as we have felt the accusations of the law, know that Jesus took all those accusations and in his body swallowed up those accusations and paid the price fully, completely, by the shedding of his blood. So what good is it it's extremely good. The best good, the goodest good, is what Jesus is for us. He is the one who can give calmness to the turmoil in our hearts. He's the one who can pull out that flaming arrow that accuses us from God's law and immediately start healing in our lives. So you and I have faith in Jesus. And because of that faith, that faith, we go about facing the terrors of this world. Facing them, giving people an example of where we find our strength. And it's not in our bodies, but in the cross of Jesus. There we find our hope and our help. And our faith in Jesus is rewarded. Our trust in him gives us such comfort in those times of agony, those times of deep distress. It's only Jesus that keeps us from going down into the pit. So may you and I today recognize what God has done for us what he has shown us, what love looks like, 
what love feels like and tastes like. He is a God who loves extravagantly and loves you and me. Many people in this world get everything turned upside down. They think that because they do good works, they're going to go to heaven. Well, there have been a lot of people who have done good works, but good works alone doesn't get you into heaven. Good works always flow out of faith. Faith is what's given by God. And that faith is not a trust in the Ten Commandments, but a trust in the living God who died and rose again. That's where we find our hope and our help. So if you want to know what love is, look to the cross, and there you'll find it. And it, most importantly, will find you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.